Hello there everyone, this is Sean from Sydney and welcome to episode 4 of Hidden Gem Conversations. Each episode, I speak to an everyday person I've met when they tell me their story. These stories truly are hidden gems that the public have not found, but through my podcast, we'll help get these inspirational and heartwarming stories to you, the listener. On this episode, I speak to Random Man Lee, the author of Purity Before Existence. You will hear about why he decided to become a writer, how he finds creative inspiration, and just some great advice for any aspiring writers out there. So without further ado, let's talk to Random Man Lee. This is welcome to episode four of Hidden Gem Conversations with Random Man Lee. Yep. And who is the author of Purity Before Existence. But you know what? I could give you an introduction to this guest, but I think I'll let this guest introduce himself to us. So without further ado, let's hear from Random Man Lee. So, Random Man Lee, tell us about yourself and the novel Purity Before Existence. Yeah, okay. So, like, um, I'm an author. Um, so, in 2016, I published an action fantasy novel known as Purity Before Existence. So, um, it's a book that I actually recently republished, uh, like, sometime earlier this year. And well, I'll, I'll tell you more about that later. So, anyway, um, Purity Before Existence is a story that has two main appeals, the first of which being the awesome fight scenes and the second of which being philosophy, especially regarding things like morality and good and evil. Uh, yeah, yeah, so basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, so basically the story takes place in a fantasy setting that strongly resembles the real world. And throughout the story, there are two main plot points. The first one revolves around the sacred Naraimian kingdom, a kingdom whose culture revolves around a fantasy religion known as Japnerism. Now, in the story, the Neuraimians have been ordered by their gods to prepare to start a war against the rest of the world in order to convert the rest of the world to Jaffnerism. And the highest god of Jaffnerism has given the Neuraimians grand power known as the energy of the gods in order to help them with the mission. Now, the second plot point of Purity Before Existence revolves around its two main characters, Shirasakura Haktenshi and Maria Angeletta. Now, these two characters start off the story as two seemingly ordinary schoolgirls. But as, as the story goes on, the two of them start facing many increasingly dangerous enemies. And at one point, the two of them even manage to somehow develop the energy of the gods. And um, eventually, the story just ties in with that of the sacred Neuromian kingdom as the world begins plunging into war. Okay, thank you for that. I'm glad you were able to explain to our listeners what Purity Before Existence is about. Are you able to elaborate more about yourself? So basically... Um, yeah, I'm a 29-year-old guy. Like, um, I, I just work a job where I take care of an autistic kid, and um, I just spend my free time writing my story and just seeking inspiration from various sources. Oh, nice. Thank you for that. It's, yeah. I ask that question just so the listeners can have more of insight about you. Yeah, okay. So without further ado, we'll, we'll continue doing that. So the next question is, what inspired you to be a writer? Okay, so basically... Um, well, ever since I was in primary school, I was always fascinated with the idea of creating grand and epic stories with awesome fight scenes and stuff like that, while imagining myself being in a fantasy setting with magical powers, etc. Now, so um, now one of the first manifestations of that was when I was would post in um, add-on story threads on the forums of a website known as NeoSeeker. Now, basically, add-on stories were threads in which one person would post a message in which they would write a part of the story. And then the next person to post in the thread would continue the story from where the last person left off and so on. And I just found it really fun to like to just immerse myself in the add-on stories. Now, um, later on, I would go on to write 
uh, fan fictional stories that involve characters and sources of inspiration from many other series, like, for example, Bleach, Digimon, etc., mashed together. And I found this whole process to be really fun. And, like, um, I used to post those stories on the Neo Seeker forums. Now, later on, as I grew older, I became more and more aware of the fact that, um, that, that most people need, like, a stable job in order to have money so they can survive. And I also saw how much time my dad at the time, like, how much time he was spending working and um well let me put things into perspective now back then i was in high school now each day from monday to friday i would wake up at like 7 30 in the morning only to see that my dad had already left home for work now after after that i would go to school then return home at like 3 30 in the afternoon and to be honest i already considered considered that as something that took up a massive amount of my free time but um but even after returning home i would see that my dad had already yet to return home and he wouldn't be back until like 6.30. And I also saw how my dad barely had any holidays at all, unlike myself. And um, and I just thought to myself, school was already extremely painful for me and I couldn't imagine myself wasting my life away with work like my dad did. So then I started thinking up ways to go through life without having to be like my dad. So then um, I thought of like and some random things like gambling, trying to win the lottery and stuff like that. But of course, all that stuff that they're completely unrealistic like you have to be really lucky in order to succeed in those things so then um I, then i remembered how much i love writing stories and creating fictional characters and settings so i thought to myself why not just try turning my passion into the very thing that makes money as well by doing that i'll be able to completely sidestep all the unpleasant aspects of work and i'll be enjoying myself all while making money that was also interesting here as well i mean i'm glad you didn't take out gambling it's, it's not a good thing to take up full time <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was a kid back then, so yeah, you can't really blame me. Yeah, I think a lot of people back they just wish they could win the lottery, and I think the lottery is being replaced with cryptocurrencies now. That people just want yeah. their cryptocurrencies a boom and get them out of the real world situation, having to work full time and pay bills, yeah. and in some people pay a mortgage. Yeah. So, getting further from what inspired you to be a writer, I believe you would have had to develop a creative writing skills or at least improve them if you didn't already have them already. So yep. where did you learn to create writing skills? And was this for a course or for experience over time? Well, I never actually took a course on um, on creative writing. And uh, re regarding my re creative writing skill, I would say that they are actually, okay, yeah, this question is a bit complicated. I'd say that they are actually two distinct aspects of um, creative writing skill. Yeah, so um, I'll just address the first of them. So the first aspect of creative writing skill is um, it, it involves things like creating an interesting setting, creating awesome and unique characters, creating an e engaging plot and things like that. Now, I, led, I learned most of that um, mostly through viewing the stories made by other artists, like whether such stories may take the forms of like um, RPG games, movies, anime, manga, etc. And I also took note of various fictional characters that are considered to be awesome or badass. Now, and then I thought about like um, what it was about those characters like, that made them so awesome and badass in the first place and things like that. Now, after that, I applied some of the some of that stuff to the fan fiction stories that I used to write. And then I came up with these really awesome fictional organizations comprising of multiple characters that all had their own unique personalities, weapons, powers and abilities, etc. Were these organizations inspired by things like um, the, the Gotei 13 captains and the Sparta, etc. from Bleach, so things like that. that I, just, I just find like th these kinds of organizations, like the whole concept of them to be really cool. Now, um, at the time, I also did things, did the same thing with the plot and the setting. And I also spent countless hours 
thinking about cool and epic events, situations, locations, etc., as well as how I should connect these cool and epic events, situations, and locations together logically in order to create a coherent plot. And of course, the more I did this, the better I became at it. And doing things like listening to um, various OSTs from movies, video games, anime, etc., helped a lot to get my imagination going as well. So, so that's the first aspect of creating writing skills. So that's how I developed it. Now, now the way I see it, there's also a second aspect of creating writing skills. That actually pertains to the use of language and um, and the ability to to write sentences as well. Let me say this. To be honest, when I first published Purity Before Existence, like the first version back in 2016, my use of language wasn't actually that great. Back then, I would do things like um, I, I would put commas in the wrong places. Like basically, I would like I would just put commas in places where I would pause when speaking and things like that. And I would um, I would express certain ideas in ways that weren't really grammatically correct or had or in ways that had syntax problems like because back then I just didn't put that much thought into my use of language due, due to multiple reasons the first reason was because back then my entire attitude towards writing my story was just completely different because I thought that the most important part of it was just enjoying the process of writing in the same way that I would enjoy watching a movie or playing a video game for example back then I would literally do things like write fight scenes in my book or while listening to some intense battle music from some some video game or anime and i thought that making myself feel a bunch of intense emotions during the process of writing my scenes was the equivalent of actually writing a well-written scene when like obviously in reality that's not the case when i wrote the first draft of my book back in 2016 i just had a way less mature approach to the whole thing and i didn't really put that much thought and effort into the boring and tedious aspects of writing, such as rereading my story many times in order to scan for grammatical errors or parts of my story just weren't, that, that just weren't written very well, thought and effort into things like editing my story, doing research in order to determine whether or not parts of my writing were actually proper and things like that. Like, because after all, it, back then in my mind, boring and tedious were the last adjectives I would use to actually describe um, the way that I believed creative writing should be. Now, the second reason why I didn't care about my use of language as much was because back then um, I actually hired an editor to edit my manuscript for me and I trusted his advice too much, but he just did a terrible job. In the, in the end, I just thought of like not even using the manuscript that he edited for me because like, I just didn't like it. Like, like he just cut out too many parts of, of my story, he cut out too many scenes and he simplified things way too much. Yeah, and um, and the third reason why, um, why I didn't care about my use of language as much before was because Okay, to be honest, I was kind of in a rush back then. Now, to put things into perspective, like um, at the time when I wrote the first version of my book, I just graduated from university and I was working various jobs, but I just found all of them to be dreadful. Now, as I, as I explained before, I just couldn't imagine myself working and wasting my life away doing boring stuff. But at the same time, my parents were constantly pressuring me to find a job at the time. So that get, gave me pressure to try to get my book published as soon as possible, which was a large part of my, why my first book wasn't as refined as I would have liked it to be. Now, fast forward a couple of years and I found my current current job, which is really easy and stress-free and I don't mind doing it at all. And with my current job, I don't have to work long hours and I've basically pretty much solved my, um, my financial situation. I just completely sidestepped the need to waste most of my life doing something dreadful just to survive. And so after that, I found my, myself in a position in which I had plenty of free time. So like I wanted to do something cool, fun and memorable with all of my free time. And then I remembered Purity Before Existence. I went back to reread it and I just 
couldn't help but notice many parts of the book that could have been written a lot better. As a result, sometime last year, I decided to go over and re-edit my entire book from scratch. Like I, I would completely rewrite many sentences that I saw as awkward, rework entire paragraphs and descriptions in such a way that they were expressed with far greater clarity and stuff like that. And I also started doing a lot of research regarding um, language usage. I researched um, stuff that I'd never paid attention before. And um, just let me give you an example. So let's just say there's a scene in my book in which there are two characters interacting and the two characters of the same gender. Uh, oh, so, so let's just say um, there's an interaction between the two main characters of Purity Before Existence. Now, in the first version of my book, which I published in 2016, I'll do things like I'll write a single sentence with multiple uses of the words she and her which often made the sentence confusing because sometimes it wasn't clear whether a particular use of the word she or her referred to Shirasakura or Maria. And while I was doing research on, um, on language usage, I read about this problem with pronouns and then I decided to just fix all of the instances in my book in which I ran into this problem. And then I just addressed like countless other problems like that, like problems that with language I, I just um, hadn't paid attention to before. Additionally, I also did things like Googling a part of a sentence that written that's written in one way before Googling a part of the same sentence that, but written in a slightly different way. Like, like just thinking about um, where to put a certain adverb, like, like well, sometimes um, adverbs can be, can be um, put in multiple different places in, within a single sentence. And I just wanted to see like, which one's the best. After Googling that, I'll use that as an indication of which version is better while doing more research and stuff like that. And above all, I just like, I edited my book really slowly and carefully. I'll spend like two days going through a single chapter while editing it and completely rewriting many of the sentences in, in it. And I would sp and after that, I'll spend two more days doing the same thing for the next chapter, then two more days doing the same thing for the chapter after that, etc. Then after a while, I'll go back and completely reread the chapters that I've already gone through and that I'll make small changes to those chapters al along the way after noticing parts that could be improved, etc. Now, um, in the end, it took me an entire year to perfect my first book, which I republished sometime earlier this year. Well, to, to go back to your original question, I'd say that an extremely significant amount of the writing skill that I currently possess in terms of language usage was actually developed within the past year. I honestly believe that the current version of Purity Before Existence is a massive step up from the version that I published back in 2016, which was rushed and also written at a time when my writing skill in terms of language usage way worse than it is now. I'm happy that you were able to improve your writing skills over the last give or take four years. And at the same time, I applaud that you finally made the third and final version of your first novel period before existence. I mean, you dedicate a whole year just to get the third version out of it to be at a state where you're very happy with it. And no yeah. doubt you're, you are happy with the novel, so I applaud that. Put so much dedication, time and effort to go back, prove your skills so you can be at a state where you're happy with it. Thanks. So moving from... Oh, no, no worries. Um, so moving from that, you've now made the third version of your novel. Take it back a bit. When you first got version one of your novel published, how did you get no Purity Before Existence published? And how did it feel when it was finally published? So back in 2016, I got um, the first version of Purity Before Existence published through a self-publishing company known as Ex Libris. When I completed the first draft of my book back in 2016, this was, this was before publishing it. Like after writing the first draft, I started doing a lot of research on what steps I should take in order to publish it. Because um, as I said before, I was kind of in a hurry to get my book published as soon as possible. Now, at first, I tried approach, approaching the big publishing companies such as Penguin Random House. Um, I sent them my manuscript, but they just didn't get back to me in ages. 
So like I got impatient and eventually I used Ex Libris instead. My um, my book published, I just felt satisfied, of course. And um, the only thing I could feel at the time, felt like doing at the time was relaxing because like I just finished doing something that was really stressful. Like you understand, right? I absolutely do understand because even back in the previous question, you mentioned how you felt back then you were in a rush to get this novel out so you can start making money and get your life on track because you felt the pressure from your family to get your life moving, so to speak. Yeah. So I guess you had that sense of relief that when you finally found Ex Libris to publish a novel, you felt, all right, this is the start of my journey. It can finally be out there. Let's start making some money. But yeah. now from what I can understand is you no longer care about the money because you have a job you enjoy and you yeah. find it suits your needs. It's just about being a writer, be able to create something purely all you. And hence why you made three versions of this novel, <laughs> which is going to be the first of many, no doubt. So thank you for that. With the novel, a plot is always an important part of the novel. The plot is what brings the reader in so they can indulge themselves in the book itself. With that being said, the plot of a novel is the most important feature of a novel. How did you produce the, the novel, I mean, the plot for this novel? Okay, so before I answer this question, like, okay, as you already know, um, okay, like the audience doesn't know this, but um, yeah, as, as you already acknowledge, and Purity Before His Existence is actually only the first book within um, a massive story that I've created in my mind. And at the end of the first book, the story isn't even close to complete. In fact, I had already thought of thought out the entire story long before I even started writing my first book. And I estimate that it will take like 10 or more books for me to finish this entire story. So um, so, so completing Purity Before Existence, like com completing the series will, act will basically be like the project of my life. I personally considered the completion of this story to be the single grandest and most important goal in my life. And I plan to just pour my abundance of free time into completing this project. Now, anyway, now to answer your question, for Purity Before Existence, as in the entire story, not just the first book, I decided to focus most of my story on war arcs, like um, like story arcs based on wars with massive battles, etc. And um, and the story has numerous massive wars spanning across, like they are massive wars spanning across um, the entire story. The wars are being fought between awesome characters with awesome powers and all who have their own unique reasons for participating in war. I would think of reasons to justify wars happening at different at um, numerous different points in my story. And then I would open up a WordPad document on my computer in order to plan out each of the war arcs in the story. So like um, I would have, in my WordPad document, I would have a heading named named after one of the war arcs in my story. And below the heading, I would write down numerous dot points in order to outline the order of the battle battles as well as um as other major events that take place throughout the arc and things like that now another thing to note is this i personally really respect the personalities of all the characters in my story characters should drive the plot not the other way around so basically i would create the characters first and then after understanding the characters thoughts personalities motivations etc i would understanding all of that completely i would always ensure that the character um acts in exactly the way I, that I'd created him to be. I would never make a character act out of character just to force the story towards a certain direction. And um, and I would often have events happen in my story for no reason other than the fact that such events are simply natural consequences of the personalities, desires, and ambitions of the characters in my story. No, you, you know what? You're right. The characters are the ones that drive the plot because the characters themselves are the ones that the story is based on, and they're their universe is what creates a plot line. It's not the other way around, like I thought yeah. it was. I'm glad you pointed it out, because I did think of it that way. And 
that just it's making me ponder right now well actually mm. that's gonna lead to the next question so the characters are also part and part of a novel because people need to fall in love with a character in order to keep wanting to read the book even further they need to love them hate them in order to take in this novel so mm. how do you develop the characters within purity before existence well I create my characters like this Okay, so basically in my mind, okay, so start off in my mind, there's a huge list of different powers, abilities, weapons, personalities, etc. that I personally consider to be awesome. To start off, like think of the katana or like a samurai sword. Like I, I think they're awesome. So, so as a result, some of my characters in my story, they use katana. I also think, think that scythes, especially um, ones with crescent moon-shaped blades, look extremely cool, which is why one of the main characters of Purity Before Act existence uses one i also think that like um halberds tridents arm cannons etc they're awesome as well same with um random superpowers like the ability to shoot ice out of a minigun control fire infuse it into one's own sword manipulating space and time things like that and um i also like the idea of having a wide range of different characters or who all have different reasons for participating in war for example like let's say, say one character fights for glory Another character fights for no reason other than because he loves fighting. Another character fights just because he's sadistic and likes hurting people. One character may fight for one idea of justice, while another character fights for an entirely different idea of justice. And another character is motivated by his love for his own country or religion and things like that. That, Like you get the idea. Um, when I create my characters, I mostly just think in terms of those aspects that I mentioned. So then I would just look at the huge list of weapons that I personally find cool. While I, I would list, I would um, look at the, the huge list of powers and abilities that I find cool. And I would um, look at the list of cool motivations for fighting that I have in mind. And then, um, and then I would start creating my characters, mixing and matching those various aspects of the characters together. Also, another thing I need to mention is this. Okay, so way earlier, I mentioned how when I wrote my um, fan fictional stories in the past, I like to imagine myself being in a fantasy setting with um, magical powers. Well, let me say this. In the entire story of Purity Before Existence, the single character who um, who reflects me the most is actually Hilagrydra Genovac, the highest god of Jafnerism. He's, um, he's basically me in period in the world of purity before existence and i would say that he's the center of the story of purity before existence in in the sense that i mostly that i built most of this most of the story and setting around him now this raises the question why isn't hilagrydra the main protagonist of purity before existence then well it's because at least until later on in the story i, I actually want to portray hilagrydra in a mysterious and um, mystical way as a godlike figure who has massive influence over the entire universe of purity before existence and yet he works in the background and is never seen in person within the first book because after all he is the highest god of um of one of the main religions within the universe of purity before existence itself now with that said okay so like um Gilugrydra, that he's me in purity before existence okay so as i explained he can't be the main character but a story still needs at least one main character initially i wanted the main character of my story to be a single main character who's also based on myself at the time when I was making plans for Purity Before Existence, um, writing a cool story that I personally liked, that wasn't the only goal that I had in mind. Because as mentioned before, I was trying to make money with a novel in order to avoid having to work. And at the time, everyone around me, everyone was telling me that um, I had to add romance into my book in order to make it sell well. Now, I'm not someone who understands romance very well. And I felt that had I simply given my main character a female love interest, I would probably write the romantic aspect of my story and a natural way. 
So I had to think of other solutions. And at the end of the day, I believe that the best way to incorporate an element of romance into my story would be to, to just split my original ma- male main character into two main characters who are both female. Because to be honest, I actually feel way more comfortable with writing romantic subtext between two females than between a male and a female. So that's how Purity Before Existence ended up with two female main characters. And you could say that they both have various aspects of myself in them. I find that really interesting. I mean, I think the first part I found the most interesting is that your characters are created out of the aspect of the specific superpower that they have. So whatever power they may have kind of then creates the character's personality, mindset, belief. Again, I haven't finished reading this novel, but you might have a character that's a warmonger, as you said, and therefore their power might be this really extremely destructive kind of power because they're a warmonger. They want to be destructive as much as possible. Just before we ended that, you mentioned how the two main female lead characters, they're kind of a reflection of you. Can you elaborate more on that? Shirasakura and Maria, they resemble me mostly in terms of their views on morality. So normally they're very nice people, but they, um, at the same time, they never tolerate or forgive evil. And this can be seen very early on in the first book when Shira Sakura stabbed Charlotte in the eye with a stick. Like, you probably remember that part, right? Yes, I do. I mean, it raised so many ethical questions in the back of my mind. To give the context of, to our viewers, basically the two main lead characters, the Charlotte person, her friends went to a gang up in an attack slash physically assault one of the female leads, and the other female leads had this kind of a sense that something was wrong, went there, and our self-defense protector friend who was getting physically assaulted, she stabbed the Charlotte character in the eye with a stick she found on the ground in the park. And that kind of raises the question of ethics, like what do you do in a self-defense situation? Is it okay to physically hurt someone like that? But then again, someone's put in a, a potential life or death situation, therefore it may be okay to attack someone by stabbing them with a stick in the eye. I believe yeah. that's the situation I can reference to. Yes. So I'll let you continue. Yeah. Um, this can also be seen like later when um, when Maria stabbed Emma in the neck with, with a pair of scissors. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah, just moving on from that stuff. Um, so just like me, Shirasaka and Maria, they um, they also have very unique outlooks on life in the world. Like, for example, with the way Shirasaka thinks it's sad how life is always a struggle with some living organisms surviving at the expense of other living organisms. Like, I, I think you remember like... Um, um, Shirasaka talking about that in the classroom in one scene and um, the way Maria believes that evil people have no value and that killing, killing even a billion evil people is worth it if it's to increase the happiness of even a single morally good person like things things like that like the, like throughout the book you actually hear them expressing their viewpoints on that kind of stuff. I do remember the discussions about morality and ethics and about good versus evil and when it's right to do certain actions if it's for the benefit of humankind I do remember those kind of things. So basically, these characters are a reflection of you because they portray your stance on ethics, morality in particular. Am I correct there? And yeah, they they portray those things. And I kind of do agree that out of self-defense, a friend might be outnumbered by a group of people who are ganging up at them and physically assaulting them. So therefore, out of self-defense, to protect their life, you might use an object you find suddenly to hurt one person in order to protect another one i mean it's even things that get brought up in legal cases today that you know a fight might break out between a group of people but it's it's a question of what could have been done and what's the best situation and therefore a judge has to interpret okay based on the situation the current laws we have what was the right thing or wrong thing to do but that might in a way exclude the issues of morality and ethics because 
what might be the right thing may not be the legally right thing, if that makes sense. And that's sadly the case sometimes with laws, particularly in the US. People may get put in jail for something they, for a very minor thing, but they may have done it out of self-defense or survival, so to speak. Glad we had a better understanding of your characters, because I always feel characters are important. And you were right earlier to point out the characters are the ones that drive the plot, not the other way around. What I did enjoy about your novel is the fight scenes. They're really well written and they do remind me of Bleach. To give our viewers a context, Bleach is a, a top three anime that got released in the 2007, I believe, or 2000, no, 2006 or 2007. And yeah. it has a lot of sword fighting scenes where the characters do have their kind of superpowers and they use a lot of katana slash samurai swords to fight off. And I, yeah. I, I do believe this might have inspired you how you write your fight, your sword fighting scene. So how do you write a sword fighting scene? Yeah, okay. Like, and for fight scenes, like I always start off by, um, like, like without actually, actually writing down anything, I would always like, start off by imagining the entire fight scene in my head and, and i'll just like think of how each character would react to each situation in the fight scene based on his or her personality um based on his or her powers and abilities based on his or her knowledge or lack thereof um at the time and just what the best options are available to the characters like um in each situation in the fight right after imagining the entire fight scene in my mind i would um write out all the major events in the fights, all the major moves and attacks that would be um, used in the fight, etc. in dot points in, and in chronological order um, on a WordPad document. And after that, I'll just look at the dot points and I'll describe describe the fight in as much detail as I can. And sometimes like, um, okay, so like when I first imagine the fight scene and, and um, that's just the skeleton of the entire fight, and like usually when I go on to actually write the fight, I would actually add a lot more detail to it. Sometimes like details that I hadn't, hadn't actually imagined like before, like if that makes sense. I, I mean, yeah, to get back to it, I enjoy the fight scenes book, even though I have not finished it. They're just so well detailed and I enjoy them. And they remind me of Bleached Anime when I was in high school. So <laughs> I would say that is one of the best qualities of this novel, to be fair. And it is something that you've told me and other people who have read the book have said the fight scenes are just well detailed. So... That's actually going to lead to my next question is that if you're in a bookstore right now and you could pitch slash sell this novel to a potential customer, what would be your main selling point? The vividness of the descriptions, especially in the fight scenes, that um, that, that would definitely be a top contender. There are um, two main selling points of my book. The first would be like um, the vividness of the detail, like like you just went through all of that. And the second would actually be, um, be the discussions on um, philosophy and morality, like which you also acknowledged before like and whether or not it's right to hurt someone in a specific scenario and things like that yeah i mean again that's those two main selling points they are actually ones that make it most interesting and i urge anyone who's interested in buying this novel that those two selling points are amazing you get through these well written scenes of fights but you do get to ponder like even the main scene where shira sakura stabs charlotte the eye with a stick she found in the park to protect a friend from a group of you know other people it did make me ponder for a bit. After I read that scene and when I finished that chapter that it was in, I put the book down and I was discussing that with my father and because I was in the car on a road trip and just discussing because I felt like it's such an interesting topic to discuss, you know, self-defense and what, what's legal, what's illegal to do in that kind of situation. And you kind of have this debate of what's right, what's wrong, and, and you find that people have different viewpoints on that as well, as yeah. me and my dad were debating with one another. Um all right, so let's get to the final question now. I think the one I wanted to touch on was you've made it as a writer to get your novel published. 
free versions of it as well, to be exact. Yep. And in the future, you're going to release more, no doubt. Yep. And I look forward to it. So anyone who's now listening to this podcast, thinking about being a novel writer or a writer in general, what will be the best piece of advice you give to them? Make sure that your book um, comes from your soul itself. Make sure that it's entirely, that um, your story is entirely made out of intrinsic motivation. Don't change anything about your story just because you think the audience might like something else better. Like, for example, don't think things like, um, oh, this certain character is popular, so I can't kill him because that would piss off the audience. This might make me sound like a hypocrite, but like because I did change the main character of Purity Before Existence from originally a single male protagonist to two female protagonists. But um, well, I've learned my lessons since then. And to be honest, I actually don't regret that particular decision anymore because over time I've actually grown quite attached to um, to the characters of Shirasakura and Omaria. So yeah, but yeah, as I said, in the end, my best piece of advice would be to not change your story, just to make it appeal to a larger number of people and always make sure that your story is a reflection of your soul. Random Man Lee, that was one of the most beautiful things that's ever been said. I mean, I think we live in a time where people are just so focused on making themselves popular and iconic for social media that they just try to copy a trend or piggyback off the trend, but stick it to an original concept or an idea is something that's very, but very small these days. And for a potential writer to stick to what they believe in and not sell out just to make yeah. it more visually appealing or to attract a certain group, it's yeah. been it's a true artist just sell it just not sell it just producing the ideas you have in your head and putting down on paper and yeah. i applaud you for that that you stuck to what you want to do and maybe yes those two female characters were originally a catch grab just to make it more visually appealing the two female yeah. characters yeah. but at the end of the day you managed to work with it to make it something that's a reflection of truly who you are and i applaud you for it i'm happy to hear it Thanks. I, I, I have a huge respect for people who stick to originality and you know what? I've asked all the questions I want to say, and you've given some great piece of advice for a future writer. And maybe one day we'll hear about a writer who quotes this very podcast episode. And well, I doubt it, but they might. Who knows? So, with yeah. that said, Random Man Lee, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to always have new people. And you're the first novel writer we have here. And I hope to have you here in the future as you release more novels. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Anyway. Take care, stay safe, get yourself vaccinated as soon as you can, and enjoy the beautiful weather today. We have one of the hottest spring days today. Enjoy yeah, it out there. Yeah, yeah, you too. All right, take care, mate. Okay, see you. See ya. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 4 of Hidden Gym Conversations. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rand Man Lead and found it insightful like I did. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe or follow the podcast so you'll be updated when a new episode is released. Also, feel free to leave a review tell me your thoughts on the podcast. Any feedback is much appreciated. Finally, you can follow the podcast and check out Purity Before Existence. Just have a look at the episode description for more information. Until next time, take care everyone.